The difference between elopements and micro-weddings. We're giving you some clarity when it comes to the difference, but also, since Marie is into mental wellness, we had a really, really great conversation on well-being while you're planning your wedding during a crisis. You'll definitely pick up something here. I read a quote that says, Nothing fancy, just love. Most of the time, it's all you really need. Unless you're a super famous person, then it might not work. But for the most part, elopements and micro-weddings have the same feel as the big ones. At least for us wedding vendors. So I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Welcome to the How to Wedding Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Santiago. If this is your first time listening, you should consider subscribing because this podcast is the wedding guide with a hint of SoCal vibe. We're talking inspiration, trends, hot topics, and more. As you know, Southern California is the wedding capital of the world. So I'm just saying the guests I have have enough experience in the wedding industry in Southern California to be able to help you with your wedding. Don't go anywhere. The interview with Marie Burns Holzer is coming up. And just like what they say, if we're getting lost... Welcome to How to Wedding Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Santiago, and today we are talking to Marie Burns Holzer, and she is pretty much the authority when it comes to elopements and micro weddings. So I really want to jump into this um, immediately because this is like a really, really special topic for me. But before we get started, I would love it if. You tell us something about yourself that people would probably be surprised to know about. Surprised. Okay. Um, most people don't realize that before I got into the wedding industry, I was actually a, um, a slave to the internet. I was a content marketer. So I did SEO and social media marketing, but this was back in the late aughts when um keyword stuffing was a thing and Instagram was new. And, you know, I was trying to convince small businesses that Yelp and Instagram were going to be huge for them. So all these years later, I just kind of laugh because <laughs> here we are. Um, so yeah, most people don't realize that about me. I actually came from the world of tech and, and websites. Actually, I, I'm not surprised because you're really good at that. Well, thank you. Um, I was just going to say, I remember you said uh, the beginning of Instagram. I When when Instagram started, I, I have this thing where I, when something comes up, I just create an account mm -hmm. just to get that thing. Because before, like with Instagram, I wish I grabbed the name Paul and then just at Paul. But, but I was trying great. to be cool. <laughs> I was trying to be cool and make up like a weird name. <laughs> I know. You know, I, I literally, I... There's so many times, anytime I, I think of a website name now, I just buy it. I'm like, it's $13. I'll just buy it. Uh, because there's too many times, like if I got Marie.blog, do you know how happy I would be right now? <laughs> but it's not a thing, alas. 
Well, I I buy websites too, but not for not for that reason because I just I just like buying websites. <laughs> I've never sold anything, but I just like making names up and then buying the domain for it. <laughs> I have one for auction up right now, and it's supposedly valued at fourteen hundred dollars. And I'm laughing. I'm like, it's not gonna oh sell for that. It's not. But That's whatever, crazy. we'll see. We'll see. I'll I'll talk to you about that because I might <laughs> okay. So now I uh, I would love it. I love origin stories. Um so I would love it if you share with us how you got into the industry and what you're up to right now. Okay. Um so this is kind of a a bit of a long convoluted story, but I'll I'll try to shorten it. <laughs> um so back in the day, um I was a very hardcore Christian and my I was considering going to seminary. Um, but my denomination did not ordain women. So I was kind of at a weird impasse in my life of what I wanted to do. Um, and a friend um, was actually remarrying her ex-husband. They had, ha- they had a kid together. They'd had the big white wedding. Uh, they'd been divorced for uh, five years at that point, but they had reconciled and actually created a whole new relationship together. And um, we talked a lot at work and she asked if I would do their ceremony. So I took to Yield Interwebs and uh, got ordained online and um, started working with them for their ceremony. It was a very intimate ceremony, actually, at the place where I got married in Fullerton. And I just fell in love with the process. Um, but it was very young. It was in my, my mid-20s. Um, and I just, it kind of fell off my radar for a while. Um, and then in 2011, my oldest friend of the world, Eileen Chai, um, she and I grew up together, like next door neighbors. And uh, she announced that she was engaged to a guy we grew up with. They'd never even dated until college. So I went to support her business. She was feeling, uh, she just opened a clothing line. And so I went to support their trunk show, as friends do. Um, and we started talking at the trunk show and I was congratulating her and I told her, you know, I'm ordained. I can, I can marry you too. And she was like, really? <laughs> um, so that quickly spun into her kind of um, evangelizing how much I should start my own business in the wedding industry. And my best friend was with me and she afterwards, and we were walking away, she kept going, you should do this. Like, this is a thing. So like for the next week, she was sending me like links to websites of people who did this for a living. And she was like, you should do this. <laughs> and uh, I told my husband at dinner one day, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, my best friend keeps sending me all this stuff. And he like slams his fists on the table. And he's like, I told you when you got ordained, you should be doing this. So that was October of 2011. I launched a website and within six months, I was full time. I actually had to close my copywriting business because I didn't have time <laughs> to actually do what people needed. So I've been doing weddings since then. And since then I've done over 900 weddings and 500 plus of those have been elopements and Riker weddings. So. Wow. Yeah. Some of us have passion. Some of us have gifts and you have both. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it, you know what? It, it ran away with me. It really did. I feel like it kind of, it caught me up and I, I, I love what I do and I really hope that shows and I love our industry. It's a, um, it's a lot more uh, welcoming than a lot of industries I've been in. So it's something where a lot of people, it takes a while to break in, but once you break in, people really take care of each other. And especially with everything giving on right now, uh, that matters. That really matters. 
Yeah, I, I I was talking to one of my friends who is also in the industry, and I'm like, you know, if we were doing a corporate stuff, we'd be rich, but yeah. we chose to do this because we're passionate more than you know. I would love I would love to make money too, but it's it's the it's marrying the couples and you know filming the those moments that I feel like is the gratifying part. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's why I hate the, the way the media portrays us is if we're all money grubbing, you know, fiends. And it's like, no one is getting rich doing this. Like, I would love to know that person. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I need a friend to you. Tell me your secrets. But, um, you know, I, th- I think we all just want to have a comfortable living and do something that we love. We want to love our work. And and it's so interesting to me to see how differently we're portrayed in the media and to see being in it, knowing what it's actually like. So that's why I really love doing this is because I get to show other people. I I get to show people the side of the wedding vendors that they haven't seen and, you know, to make us a little bit more human. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's your job, right? Like you capture those moments so that people because so often we don't see ourselves in those moments of, of, of height of emotion, right? But in video, like that's what you do. You, you take that and you capture it so that you can share that for generations. And I think that's such a, it's such a lovely thing. I have to say that's probably my one regret from when we got married is that we did not have a videographer. I know. It was, uh, it was something that I'm just like, but my 20 year vow renewal which is only in a couple of years. Uh, I there would legit, I'm, I'm planning on having like an office style video occur where like we're actually looking at the camera and being like. Oh my gosh, like the office yes. TV series. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's my That's plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just remembered you also do, um, speak, you're, you're in a speaking circuit, right? Yes. How did you get into that? And then what, what topics do you usually talk about? Again, a lot of my stories are a little convoluted because I'm a multi-passionate person and I've never had trouble hiding it. And I'm glad that it's now becoming more acceptable to kind of declare that like, no, I have mul- like multiple things in my life that I am all about. Um, so I, like I said, uh, well, I went to college actually for musical theater and English literature. My plan was to become a Dinah Menzel before she is, became a thing and uh, to be the next great American novelist. That was my plan at 18 years old. You know, we all have very different ambitions then. So I love speaking. I love sharing knowledge. I love learning from people. I love sharing what I know. So that's always been a passion of mine. Um, and being an officiant, um, that's what I do. <laughs> I speak. I share ideas. I celebrate stories right and for weddings we're specifically sharing the story of how these two people came together of the story of their loved ones that has contributed to them becoming who they are and what the story is going to be from here so that's that's what i get to celebrate in a wedding ceremony um speaking kind of came from that but also just from my other experiences um I teach SEO to small business owners because I love tech and I love websites and I love all that. So, but I find that a lot of people um, explain it very tech jargon heavy. So most people don't understand <laughs> what, 
what's being said. So when I teach someone, I'm, I'm teaching them, you know, essentially how to fish so they can fish for themselves. I don't write copy for people anymore. Uh, it's a lot of work and most people don't appreciate just how much work. So I speak a lot on that. I speak a lot on um, inclusivity because as a Latina who is also queer and white passing and straight passing, those are things that um, have very much influenced my life. So I speak a lot about that specifically in the wedding industry, but also in business. Um, and I am an omnist minister, uh, the founding minister of All Souls Riverside. So I get to speak on all kinds of crazy topics there, everything from courage to meditation and, um, you know, kind of rewriting your own story um, so that you can change your life and make the life that you want for yourself. So it varies wildly. Man, that's a lot of hats. <laughs> I, well, I came from theater. I like a lot of costume changes. Okay, there you go. <laughs> because I saw on your uh, Facebook feed that you were you posted something about spirituality mm -hmm. and um, and then you, you, among other things, you posted uh, that you were giving away this free webinar about mm -hmm. the uh, the difference between elopements and micro weddings. Yes. And I sadly I missed that webinar. That's why we're here because I want to <laughs> talk to you about it. And so what? I, I guess my question is: so what's the the main differences between those two, and why is it important to know what the difference? Yes. Okay. So in a nutshell. The primary difference between any kind of wedding, whether it's a micro wedding or a full-on wedding, and an elopement is uh, the way it's designed. So an elopement is designed for the couple's um, comfort and enjoyment. That's it. It's, it's about them. It's about their experience. It's about what they like or don't like and all of that. Whereas weddings from micro weddings with 15 people all the way to, you know, I've done 500 person weddings that are huge and in downtown LA and all that jazz, like weddings are designed for the comfort and enjoyment of the guests. That's a big difference. So elopements are also tiny. They have no setup. And most people think that, you know, what they see on Pinterest or Instagram, you know, if you have this gorgeous arbor behind you and all these florals and candles in the middle of the forest, that's not an elopement. That's a, that's a micro wedding. It, it might be a pop-up wedding. It might be an intimate wedding, but that's not an elopement. Elopements, you're one, those permits don't allow candles in a forest. <laughs> like that's a fire hazard and you're not allowed to disturb nature. So you know, a lot of these rules of what elopements are come from permit law, come from the logistics. And while, you know, elopements may have up to 10 guests, um, most people try to keep them smaller. Once you get to about 10 to 15 people, I would say about the dozen seems to be the mark. Suddenly everyone's expecting a wedding. Oh, well, who's going to walk you down the aisle? Well, where are we sitting? What music's going to play? And it's like, no, <laughs> that's not what we're doing here if this is an elopement. It is literally, we find a beautiful spot, we gather and start ceremony. It's a stripping down of what the marriage ceremony is to its absolute bare essential parts. Whereas micro weddings, it are, they are tiny, itty bitty little weddings, intimate, I would say 12 to 30 people 
Um, you may or may not have a setup. You may or may not have chairs. It, it, I mean, it's entirely up to the imagination, the budget, and the desire of the couple. Okay. So, because I, I remember we did this elopement in um, Lake Arrowhead, and mm -hmm. they had like four guests, both sets of parents. Oh, they had six. Both sets of parents and then the siblings. Mm -hmm. And then we did it in like a Airbnb. They had the ceremony inside. They had the traditional walking, but there's no music. And then we went to the Lake Arrowhead Resort to have dinner. And then I'm like, we're shooting video, so we kind of like need content. So we're like, okay, do, do you want to do cake cutting? And then they had like a quick dance by the – there's like an area there where – they have like private dining, so they had mm -hmm. like a dance there. So that's still a, uh, an elopement, right? Because yeah, yeah, okay. It was tiny, no setup. Um, I do a lot of Airbnb elopements, um, but you know, some elopements have like a little dinner gathering afterwards, and that's awesome. Um, that def definitely sounds more like a luxury elopement, but it's an elopement. Like it was, you know, it's super tiny, super simple. It's very. Um, it's, 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 I feel like simple is not always the right word because I think we confuse that with easy. And <laughs> those are two different things. Um, but simple is probably still the best word where it, it really does pare down everything to its essential parts. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so what's the big difference? I mean, no, 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 not the big difference. What is, why is it important to know the difference between these two? Okay. So I, I talk to planners a lot and they're always complaining about how there's no such thing as day of coordination, right? Because that is a myth. They're literally doing it for at least a month. And oh, yeah. so you're starting to see this change in the industry if they're calling it wedding management, right? You're not planning it, but you are managing it, which is really a better word for it. Therein is the problem. There is no such thing as day of coordination, right? Because it's, it's not just day of. You're doing all these other things. Same with elopements and micro weddings. As someone who's been doing this for a long time, it really upsets me when a venue is offering elopements, which is basically a micro wedding. That's not an elopement. Like you're, you're confusing couples. And you know that confused couples are this is like the bane of our existence, right? We want to inform our couples so that they're educated and they're making educated choices. Whatever the choices they want, you know, that's up to you. But if you don't want an elopement, let's not call it an elopement. <laughs> like, let's not just slap a label on it. Um, that's something where I got kind of, you know, uh, in my feelings about it because, you know, elopements are incredibly simple. Whereas when you have a micro wedding or a pop-up wedding or an intimate wedding, that is, like, like I said, it could be as simple or as extravagant as you want. I've done micro weddings where it was still only the couple. But I mean, she had a ball gown with a cathedral veil. And I mean, you best believe there was, it was at a winery and they had a setup, but it was just us, the photographer and videographer, because that's what they wanted. But it was a micro wedding. Because again, you know, elopements don't happen in proper venues. So <laughs> you don't, you're just kind of like somewhere <laughs> and gotcha. that's pretty, that isn't home, that isn't, you know. So it was, it was being able to distinguish between those two, it sets up different expectations and timelines. And in our industry, expectations are everything, right? Because if you have a couple who comes to you and they have a vision, 
those are their expectations. You can't break them like point blank because that's how you're going to end up getting a bad review or it's going to be a bad client. You're going to be a bad fit for them. Making sure you're using the right words, educating couples on what the differences are so that when a venue, for example, um, I was so excited after the webinar, uh, a venue um, owner that attended actually uh, wiped their website of having the elopements and put up pop-up weddings that were doing these, these mini pop-up weddings. I was like, thank you, because now people can understand the difference, right? And, and they're doing it right because they have a cake person, they have catering, they have like all the things that come with a wedding, but it's just for 15 people max. So I think that's um, super important for the couples, but also within the industry, that's being respectful of the people who've been doing elopements and micro weddings since the beginning of our careers. You know, if I, I, I would feel super bad jumping into video and acting like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Cause I don't, I don't know what I'm doing because I'm an efficient and I have no background in video. So it would upset people around me if I was suddenly acting like I was an authority on it, you know? And, and that's, I think that's just the level of respect that we should give each other of like, well, how does this work? Well, you've been doing this for a while. Like talk to your, if you're interested in breaking into elopements or micro weddings, talk to your friends in the industry who've been doing this. I guarantee they'll want to share some information because that's how you get referrals. That's how you build relationships. And in the wedding industry, you know, it's so funny because when I first started, I felt like there were so many people in it. And now having been in the wedding industry for almost nine years, I'm like, no, we're actually really small. <laughs> like we almost all know each other. We almost all know, you know, the dirt on so-and-so or, oh, that venue's going down. Did you hear what happened? Like we, we know each other. So, it, you know, talk to people, ask. I'm, most people are going to want to help you because if you're succeeding, that's another person that we can refer if we're, we can't do it, I actually, I know someone who would be great for you. I can't do it, but this person can. Okay. I, I like that because you're right. It's, it feels big. Like we're, we're, we're both in a group with 3000 members, mm -hmm. but it still feels small. Like the, the circle is getting smaller and smaller. Like all of us, like when we see each other, we haven't seen, we've only hung out once we in Disneyland. That yep. was like our only time, right? Yeah. But yeah. after that, we've been friends. Like we we see each other online, we talk, we comment. You know, it's it's a very very small industry, and you're right. You just need to ask, need to ask yeah. people. And 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 again, you know, one of the reasons I am so in love with the wedding industry is that it really is about relationships. Not only is our job to celebrate. <laughs> The, the official forming of this relationship so that, you know, socially we're all recognizing what is between these two people. But everything else we do is about relationships. It's about forming those relationships, strengthening those relationships. It's, you know, that's how we create these referral systems. And especially for everyone who's, you know, we were kind of saying before we jumped on, you know, that um, for the next couple of years, like elopements and micro weddings are going to be a thing. Um, until, you know, we have vaccines and, and, and we get back to whatever new version of normal is going to be, elopements and micro-weddings are going to be kind of where it's at if, if we get to proceed with them at all. So learn. <laughs> like, if you're going to create packages, you need people for those packages. Befriend people. Reach out to your friends. See if they know people that would be interested. And that way we can bolster each other and, you know, stay in business because this is, this is a very trying time for our industry. I think the, uh, the events industry as a whole, 
um, you know, coming back from this is going to be really difficult. Um, not impossible, not undoable, but um, difficult. And those of us who've been around for a while, um, you know, we have to make sure that we're reaching out to those who maybe are new and giving them some some guidance if they need it, uh, if they ask for it, and, and making sure that we're helping each other in those referrals and um, helping each other out with, with keeping our businesses going, pivoting so that we can all survive. Yeah. I mean, you know, human beings in general are very resilient. Like, just take a look at the stay-at-home protesters. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, it's... It's the, that's the thing, like we, we are going to find a way to make this work, right? And for the couples who are listening, how do you, how do you feel? Because we, we, we talked about the elopements and micro weddings to be mm-hmm. a thing in the next coming years. How do you see it? Like, it, do you have like an, a, an exact vision of what it's going to look like or with the trends that are going to be happening? But before you answer that, I really want to talk about the Facebook group that we started that is exclusively for couples who are planning their wedding. No wedding vendors allowed. Actually, there'll be a few handpicked ones to moderate, but they're pro, so they won't be nasty. That way, you can really be honest and ask any question. We can talk about budgeting, venues, tips, tricks, recipes. You can even vent about your mom. No judgment. Only request is be nice to everybody. Our goal is to help you plan a wedding, not regret having one. All right? Just click on the group's link in the show notes and we'll hope to see you there. Now, what was your answer to my question? Um, well, and I, I am an avid reader um, and I try to read about two books a week. And if I've learned anything wow. from all of my adventures, it's that we humans are awful at predicting. We are awful at it. So I don't, I don't really feel comfortable making predictions. What I do see as the immediate future, um, as we start to open up, elopements are going to start happening. I'm already seeing the requests in my inbox. Like point blank, people are already trying to make sure that their elopement is set, even if it's next year. Um, I've accepted that um, I usually do between 80 and 100 weddings a year. I've accepted that next year and probably into 2022, I'm going to be working at probably 150% capacity to make up for this year. So I've just accepted that and I've had to adjust, you know, my plans to reflect that. Um, And that also means that like (laughs) informing people of what those are. I'm actually um, tomorrow I'm jumping on IGTV on Instagram to teach couples about the difference between elopements and micro weddings and the different types of elopements and different types of micro weddings. Because so many couples actually had registered for the webinar. I had 250 people register for the webinar, which was unprecedented. I did not expect that. Um, I'm selling the replay video for less than a trip to Starbucks. Um, but, uh, you know, for couples, it's, it's different information, right? Because vendors want logistics. They want, okay, well, how does, what does that look like? How do I adjust? How do, you know, where do my services fit into this? That kind of thing. Um, Whereas couples, they're looking at, you know, what is the difference? What are my options right now? Because they don't know. They don't know. Most of them have never done this before. And even if they have a lot of my couples who've been married before, it was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. They're like, I don't know. Everything's changed. (laughs) So 
educating them about the options so that they understand what this looks like. Because even in elopements, there's all kinds of different elopements. And I specialize in adventure elopements. So I'm off in national parks and national forests, and I'm on in Big Sur, and you know, I'm on, you know, going up to Seattle to Deception Pass to be off in the Puget Sound. Like, you know, I'm all over the place in these weird venues, but then I also do big weddings, you know, from San Diego to Seattle. So, you know, but the expectations are so different. The amount of time invested is so different. The logistics are just so different and educating people means that they can make the choices that are right for them and so that they're happy with what they get. Right. So, man, I, you know, I, I always think about when we were talking about this, I, in my head, I'm thinking about the couples who still have weddings scheduled this year. Yeah. And That's so scary. Like, it's really I scary. Have, I, I have so many weddings that uh, rebooked from spring of 2020 into autumn of 2020. And right now we just don't know. And so I have couples who keep reaching out and I have a blog post that I keep updating like every, I would say two or three times a week with all the new information. Uh, and I keep them, Hey, update on this. You know, you can find out other information here, but I've had a couple people reach out to me and be like, well, what are my options? I'm like, honestly, until we get closer, I don't know. Because we just, there's so, you know, I know everyone's kind of railing against this phrase, but it really is an uncertain time. It's challenging. I, um, I have a, a chronic illness. And when I was young, I was put on disability. And I was told I would never work. Like they traced straight up, told me, you need to apply for social security disability. You're never going to work. You're never going to be like a productive member of society. That's all in air quotes if you're listening to this. But um. It was devastating. And I learned very quickly early in my adult life that um, life is just uncertain. Like when you think it's certain, it's all an illusion. I think everyone is now suffering from that kind of existential crisis of like nothing is certain. It's scary, but that's always been the reality. It's just we never faced it before. Because for the most part, society is miraculous and works like clockwork. This has upset that. So what I keep telling my couples is just like, look, we, we have to play uh, by what's happening. And I tell my couples, and I've heard this from a lot of other vendors, it's like, look, you booked with me. I'm dedicated to making this happen. But our safety comes first, right? Because I want you alive. I want me alive. I want your grandma alive. I want, like, I'm high risk for complications from the virus. I'm like, you know, we need to be safe, so if we need to reschedule, we reschedule. We will make this happen for you, even if it's not on the date we originally intended. And we may have a huge second wave of reschedules, which is gonna be really scary. Um, and, and this is where I think it's super important for wedding vendors to learn how to pivot within their businesses, to learn how to um, adjust. Because even though unemployment is climbing, um, there is always money out there. There's always money to be had. The rich are still getting richer. Um, tapping into having those people spend money is going to further help the economy because then when you're getting money, if you spend local, if you spend on you know, hiring your friend to edit the video because you don't have enough time because now you, you know what I mean? Like there's a whole effect, but you have to get the people at the top to spend money and that's a hard thing to uh, do on a large scale, but on something as small as the wedding industry, we, we can make it happen if we adjust. 
Yeah, for sure. I you were talking about um you were talking about the couples and I just I also realized that you know, I I talk I talked to my wife Stella and um I told her I feel like let me know what you think too. I feel like for people who still have weddings this year mm-hmm. to postpone to next year instead of by the end of this year because since you're just like what you said, we don't know what's going to happen. At least by next year, you already have the the dates that are good for you instead of like scrambling last minute and finding a date, you know, just reserve the date for next year. How yeah. do you feel about that? I agree. Um, honestly, I agree. I, um, I'm really nervous for my couples for 2020 uh, through the end of the year because um, we just don't know. Right. And like you said, and I would rather that they go to next year, but I also want to kind of emphasize, and I have to my couples of like being flexible right now is going to be a superpower because, you know, those Saturday dates are getting taken up so fast and if you want to ensure that you have a date, I, look at Sundays, look at Fridays, look at Tuesdays, like be willing to adjust because the whole world is shifting and the whole world is going to accept that life is not going to be what it was before all this. Yep. And, and that's, um, there's a certain understanding, you know, it's funny because I keep thinking of that meme uh, I, I love like Jane Austen and all that nonsense. And I, um, I love how they always ask like, you know, how are your parents? How are their health? Are you, you know, I feel like I, we've returned to that because this is the first time in our lifetimes. I think that um, if you're outside the queer community anyway, cause they had the AIDS pandemic, but um, you know, the, all of us are like, Oh, like I can't assume that everyone's okay. Like, are you okay? Like, are you healthy? Are you, you know, and it's almost rude now to not like open an email that way, right? Of like, I hope you're safe and healthy or I hope this finds you well. Um, but I agree with you. I really agree with you. How have, you, how have your conversations with your couples been going? Like, do you feel that you've um, been getting a certain feedback from them? Like, how has that been looking in your business? Fortunately for us, the planners... And the couples have been very, very, um, how do you say that? Uh, their foresight is great. Like they already Good. know that, okay, let's just move it to next year. Not everyone, but some are delaying yeah. it until, up to the end of the year. But most of them are, are okay. So I'm, I'm lucky. And that's why I was telling Stella, I'm like, I, that's a really good move because we don't know what's going to happen. And I think the only pushback is, which is probably going to be a different podcast is, um, <laughs> is, is are the venues, the venues are giving the couples a hard time. The venues are giving the couples a hard time and they're in a really weird position, right? Because the legal parameters of what they do and the liability costs and the overhead costs, like, on one hand, I feel bad for them. And on the other hand, I'm also like, come on, guys. Like, if you want to stay afloat, you got you, you to gotta roll with some of these punches. Like, and I understand not all of them, but like, it, it's, been, it's been a struggle. Um, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. We've been, I've had couples complaining about the same thing. I feel like it kind of like since we're in the event industry and let's say the sport 
sporting industry is the same as us, right? It's an event too. Mm-hmm. And the NBA canceled, the NFL canceled. Like it's that that was their responsibility is yeah. to not cre- create more chaos in this thing. So they just closed, right? So yeah. I feel like I feel like that's what the it was supposed to be a different podcast, but <laughs> But that's what I feel. I feel like the, yeah. the the venues need to just close this year and move to next year. But yeah. it only sounds easy, but I'm sure it's it's way harder than... Yeah, well, and I mean, that's kind of the difficult position that at least the couple venue owners who've opened up to me about it is, is you know, a mix of the liability costs. Um, but also just, you know, they're trying to stay afloat. Venues have a, a, a big overhead. And oh, yeah. Um, the cash flow is seems to be the biggest concern with them, and I, I get it. I get it. I do. Um, so like, I don't want to bear down too hard on them. Uh, it's just also hard when you're not getting communication. I think that's the hardest thing right now. Um, as soon as all this started, it was like the second week of March. I reached out to all my couples that were through May, and I was like, okay, we need to have some discussions because. I'm the kind of person, one of my primary values in life is being forthright, uh, which to me is going even a step beyond truthful. It's knowing that this is going to be important to you. So I'm just going to say it so we can have that conversation, right? Not only am I being truthful, but like, I'm telling you what I know you need to know now without you having to ask me. So when I reached out to them and kind of like laid out, here are my concerns, here's what's happening, here are the murmurs I'm hearing. Um, we had discussions and I'm super glad that we got in, I got in front of it. I'm really glad I got in front of it. And I have gotten a lot of feedback from my couples who said that they've been sending this coronavirus you know, blog post that I keep updating to their planners and to their venues, which I'm so grateful for. Because it's so hard to wade through all of the information right now, like to find the signal and the noise and um, I wanted to be a source of good information and sanity <laughs> for my couples in amidst all this, but also a sense of comfort. And like, look, this is scary. I get it. This sucks. Grieve. Like, be angry. Feel bad. I actually spoke about this for um, Tuesdays Together for Mental Health Awareness Month, which is May. And I talked about how, you know, throw yourself a proper pity party, like feel your negative emotions because that's how you get catharsis. That's how you let it go. And that way you can learn from what you're, you're feeling of like, oh, I, I am sad and disappointed. Okay. Like I understand it's important to me where it's going to adjust. like, you know, you have to go through that in order to get to that other side where you're genuinely truly right. okay with it. Um, and I feel like we as wedding vendors need to do that. Like we need to grieve and be angry, like be there for our couples, but also like this is this, this year I was set to get into the six figures mark. That's not going to happen. You know, all my plans had to be adjusted too. And there was, there's been a couple breakdowns of like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to pay my bills? Fortunately, my couples have been super cool. People are still booking like gangbusters for next year. And even for, 2022, I just booked a, a vow renewal, actually, um, for December of 2022. So people are still booking. It's just you have to make it really clear that, you know, for the next two years, you're going to be competing with two 
three years of couples. <laughs> so yeah. secure your date because I'm like me, I'm one person. I don't have, I'm not an agency. I don't have other people to send out. It is just me. So if I, you know, pull a celebrity, you know, faint from exhaustion, like I can't do your wedding. <laughs> like I need to make sure that I'm budgeting my own energy and time well so that I can do what I promised I'd do. That's right. I feel like um, you just need to pick your date already. Like these, the, the yeah. couples, just make sure. And you're right. Uh, keeping the communication open between a vendor and a couple and the vendors between other vendors. Because I think that's when anxiety starts is when you're not hearing anything. You're, you're, the, you're waiting for good news, which is not coming or at least a little bit of news. So I feel like that's the first step right now because we're we're what forty days into quarantine, fifty days. So uh, I started the Friday in California that they it was uh, March thirteenth, I think, which makes this is sixty four days for me. Gotcha. I actually have on my phone. I actually have a <laughs> countdown. Nice. Because <laughs> I'm just like I I need a reminder of like I'm surviving. Like yeah. that's. I know some people are like, stay, stay four days. I'm like, no, this is literally me reminding myself I am surviving this. Like it's, see, I've done 64 days at this point. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like kind of keeping yourself pumped up and, and doing things to keep you going is important right now. But I agree with you on the uncommunication because if, if you don't hear anything, you're now imagining either the best or the worst. The right? longer it takes going. for you to get information the worst it feels like yes. I've, I've gone through all of the steps in <laughs> in mental health <laughs> so so real it's yeah. like it's been it's been really rough and i think that's where um it's very interesting because i've noticed already there is a shift to people talking about how hard this is there's a shift in people being more open about struggling especially in our industry where you're always like white knuckling it it's great it's fine. <laughs> and um, being really honest that like, no, it's scary right now. Like some people, I've already seen three businesses close their doors. Me too. Yesterday. And I'm just like, three. Oh, damn. See? And then it just, it's heartbreaking because people get into this because they love it and they want to make a living. And so to adjust, it's, it's, it's scary. I'm, I am not, um, I do not hold the illusion that we're all going to get out of this. And I think that's the thing that breaks my heart, both literally some like we're going to know people who, who don't survive this. And we're also going to know people who they physically survive this, but, you know, their businesses are, are done. And, you know, all we can do is do our best to take care of each other and ensure that as many of us survive as possible. And that's what like this whole approach should be making sure that as many of us survive as possible. Mentally and physically, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And financially, because I mean, whoo. <laughs> yeah, it's, it hasn't been fun. I could just imagine, no. you know, I, I came from the Philippines, so mm -hmm. I'm actually happy that I'm here instead yeah. of there because it's way worse if I were there. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, I'm just thankful for everything. <clears throat> Yeah. But my my mom came from Mexico. Like my my abuelito used to tell me that you know my mom was born in an apartment that had a dirt floor. Like, you know, it's 
I'm grateful. I am, I am safe. I am like in a home. My husband's working full time because he's a therapist. So he has more work than he knows what to do with. Um, you know, it's, I am in a position of, of privilege right now. And I'm grateful for that. And I, I, I'm doing my best to contribute and, you know, spend what I can on local businesses and promote my local people and, you know, making sure that that money is circulating through my my local area because that's what economy is it's i have money i give you money and then you give them money and everyone has something to spend right that's that's the whole point um but i think also it's interesting because i'm i i really feel that all of us are kind of reevaluating um a lot of the kind of american priorities right now of you know economy over people what that looks like of all these things that have become political which are really funny to me because I feel like it's more moral. I feel it's more about like connecting to the people around you um, and not about red or blue. I don't care about red or blue. <laughs> like it's not relevant to me. It's about, you know, how can I help make sure that you and yours are okay? And how can I help ensure that me and mine are okay? Because yeah. at the end of the day, um, we actually, this is a principle in my church, but um, there is no us, there's only them. Or pardon me, there's no them, there's only us. You know, every time you say there's them, no, it's, it's if you see something that pisses you off in someone else, it's because it reminds you of something in you. So really, yes. wow. it's us. So, I, I, you know. <laughs> that, that's actually good because I, I remember I watched, um, this is like a complete left turn, but I watched the uh, a documentary about the Boston Celtics uh -huh. and their championship and they had this mantra in, I think it's Swahili, it's called Imbutu. And it means I am because we are. Yes. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, well, you can't yeah. be you if you don't, you know, are people around you. So, Well, I mean, I didn't get here by myself, right? There were people who believed in me. There were people who put me in front of other influential people. There were people who took a risk when I was new and hired me among all those other people. That means I have to turn around and do the same thing, right? It's that whole principle of, you know, if there's not enough room at the table, make the table longer. Like invite people in um, because at the end of the day, we are a herd species and we survive like ants together. We build together. We create knowledge together. We, we ensure that we continue because we share like even through the pandemic, the fact that we are all getting knowledge from literally this little device that's in everyone's pocket you have literally all of human knowledge available to your fingertips. Like that's bonkers. That's the fact crazy. that like the, the numbers as devastating as they are, are much lower than they would have been even 50 years ago. Like we have so many options. The fact that we might have a vaccine within 12, 18 months, it's an incredibly optimistic number, but to have it within five years is amazing. <laughs> like it's, I feel like we forget because we're scared we forget that we've always survived by, by working together. We always have, you know, the, the first mark of society isn't language. It's a, it's a healed bone because you can go back through the historical record and you can find people who had, you know, in the animal kingdom, if you broke a femur, for example, the largest bone in your body, um, you died, <laughs> you know, that's it. You died. But if it healed, that meant, People surrounded that person. They took care of them. They made sure that they ate. They made sure they were protected. They healed. 
and then they joined the, the herd again. Like that's, the, that's what society is. It's taking care of each other. Wow. <laughs> this conversation <laughs> went from, it's Dude, great. I'm a real random. So I, <laughs> I, it's great because, you know, it, it just showed that, yeah, we know, we know stuff that we could, it could be, it could probably be solutions to what couples are going through but at the yeah. same time this is just showing everyone that you know we really care the it, it's really important to us that we we all get through this in one piece you know yeah. and i feel like and then we have something to celebrate right because i don't know about you but the first wedding back oh my gosh i'm doing it up <laughs> yeah i need i need to celebrate something <laughs> Right. Outside of my mom's house, because <laughs> we all we only go to my mom's house and that's it. And because it was safe, her birthday yeah. a few days ago, and I just wanted to celebrate so much that you know I. So now I, I was I keep on hearing this. I saw this somewhere. He said, um, "People are busy trying to go back to normal, but what they should be doing is preparing for the new normal." And I feel like this is why our topic of elopements versus micro weddings yeah. is I I think that's going to be the new normal and people I, yeah. need to accept that. I agree. And at least for the foreseeable future. Right. Yep. And the thing is, with the news changing every day, um, we have to adjust. And look, weddings will eventually come back. Historically speaking, if we look at how the Spanish flu went, if we look at previous pandemics, it took a couple years, but yeah, they came back and they came back in a big, bad way. There's a reason it was called the Roaring Twenties, people, because, you know, they had survived World War and then they'd survived the pandemic and they were like, let's do this. <laughs> Gatsby level stuff. Um, they will. It's just, it might take a few years. And so in the meanwhile, adjusting, you know, getting education, leaning into how you can serve this adjusted market of couples who need something that is intimate, but still we humans, we need joy. We need celebration. We need hope. At the end of the day, we need hope. So, and that's what these moments are. We're marking them. Our job in the wedding industry is literally to mark a moment and to do it up the way they want it done up, right? So let's do it, adjust, you know, get into elopements, create a weird, cool new package where you can host a party for, you know, on Zoom for 500 people or whatever it is. Like, this is a time to innovate. And I've learned one of the things that helps me because early in my, in my life, um, after having a disability and kind of growing up um, as the daughter of an immigrant, I had a lot of kind of learned behaviors about uh, poverty and that kind of thing. And I've learned that there's two ways to look at the world. It's either a problem to be solved or an opportunity to grow. And I feel like right now, we as wedding vendors, we have to look at this as an opportunity to grow, to innovate, to try new things, because everything is kind of permissible at the moment, except going out. <laughs> like, so, so innovate, try something, you know, it's the worst that can happen is that it doesn't work the way you thought. And then you learn something and then you can adjust. So I, I, I really hope that this encourages people to, to reach out to people who've done elopements and micro weddings. If you're interested in hearing my webinar, you can go to marieburnsholzer.com, go to the shop, you can buy it, download it. Um, but it's, it's, 
this is an opportunity, I think, to, to adjust and, and, and expand your, your skill set and what you offer, especially because later on, you know, even when weddings come back in full force, um, having these skill sets, it, it's going to do nothing but help you, <laughs> you know, for the adjusting. So. Yeah. And it, it's going to be important for the couples to know that they could actually, you know, they could they could modify whatever they want. They, I, me personally, I would love to do a micro wedding for myself. Like I would love to eat great food instead of paying two hundred food for two hundred people. I want to eat yeah. all of that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we're gonna order for twenty, but there's only twelve of us. Just so you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's it. you know, it's it's what I would love to do and you know just make sure to expect the new normal and not mm-hmm. try to force going back to normal because it's i don't think it's going to be the same what what was normal is never going to be normal again yeah. because if if we were to return to that it says that we haven't learned anything and that's not acceptable <laughs> like that's yeah. not acceptable we've all learned a lot about ourselves, about the world, about who really has our best interests at heart from this. Um, you have to apply that knowledge, right? And and that's what the new the new normal is going to be different, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad. And I I think it's really important to keep. Um, I'm reading this really great book called Factfulness. Uh, and it's 10 reasons why what you know about the world is wrong and why the world is doing better than you think. So good, so good. But he calls himself not an optimist or a realist, but a possibilist, which he defines as someone who understands the facts and therefore looks forward to the, to the possibilities. And I really like that. I think that's a really healthy, sane approach to life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I was going to ask you if there's one takeaway that you want couples to get from this interview. What is it? But we already talked about that. Unless you have one more takeaway that you want to say. I I honestly think that the takeaway should be, you know, take a deep breath, um, be flexible and be willing to, to adjust because, um, you know, when we talk about the things that survive, they survive because they adapt. So I encourage both wedding vendors and couples, you know, be open, be adaptable and understand that um, what we, we get to celebrate. And that is a great privilege. That is a great privilege. It is a joy. It is a pleasure. Um, and we need that right now. We need things to look forward to, but adapting so that you can still have a celebration, um, though not as originally planned, is going to be really important for both your mental health and the well-being of of the world at large. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you being here. I feel like that that's a, that's the thing like I I've, I've been trying to like r- remember if we've worked together before, but if we haven't, I can't wait to work with you again. We did we once, did, right? but it was a long time Maybe ago. Maybe like 3-4 years ago or something. <laughs> See, here's the thing in the wedding industry, that's like 400 <laughs> weddings ago for me and I'm like I mean, I know it was somewhere, <laughs> but, but it was a long time I'll ago. I hope we look. actually get to do it now when I know, like, actually know you yeah. and, and, and your lovely wife. Um, and, I, I'm, oh, and I'm looking forward to the day that we can all go back to Disneyland. So. Oh, 
Yes, please. <laughs> and make sure you have your wallet with you this time. I have my wallet. Re remember that you, you left your wallet. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I left it at the restaurant. I had new shorts and I didn't realize how short the pockets were because stupidness. But yeah, I was like, where's my wallet? Don't worry. I got you. It. You did. Thank you. Good looking out. I forgot that was you found it. That's right. Um, okay. Uh, for for those, um, I would love it if you would repeat uh, for just in case the couples would want to contact you and if they have any more questions. I would love it if you would repeat how to uh, contact you, your information. Okay. Um, on my website is letsgetmarriedbymarie.com. And you can find me, Let's Get Married by Marie, on all the relevant socials, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook. Um, and if you're a wedding vendor and look, looking for more information on, you know, industry stuff, uh, marieburnsholzer.com or marieburnsholzer on Instagram. And I have links in my Instagram to the webinar. Um, or if you want to schedule a call because you have questions, um, more than happy to have that too. Thank you so much. I Thank am you. so glad that our interview turned from elopements to mental health because it's just really, it's something that people really need to to, to hear. So really? hopefully I get to see you soon and all the best to you. You too. Take care, stay safe and healthy. Thanks. That's the interview, and I hope you learned something today. Feel free to reach out to our guest if you have any questions by clicking on their link in the show notes. This episode of the How to Wedding Podcast is done, but be sure to hit subscribe to our podcast to keep you up to date. Share this to someone who'll need it, and join the Facebook group to keep the discussion going. See you next time, and don't forget, if we're going to get lost... <laughs>